This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. everyone and welcome to another episode of the auto repair marketing podcast i am your host brian and my co-host today as usual is kim and today we have chris enright of enright auto joining us and chris has done an amazing job of building a following doing primarily short form video and that is what we're going to be talking about today is video and how he's using it but before we get too far into that, I do want to thank our friends at RepairPal for providing this episode. RepairPal's certified network of shops are trusted by millions of customers each month. Learn more at RepairPal.com forward slash shops. Well, hey, Chris, thank you for being with us today. Absolutely. Excited to be here. We have been wanting to have you on for quite a while. You are one of the people that just comes to mind first anytime that we think of video and especially video in the automotive world. That's what we want to talk about today. You know, tell us a little bit about how you got started with video. I started doing video quite a while back and uh, I had talked to my wife when I first started my social media pages for the shop. I knew that social media was the way to go because it's what you hear and hear everybody talk about. And I had talked to my wife about doing video multiple times and finally she convinced me to do a video about my top 10 recommended Hondas. And so that's what I ended up doing was my first video actually. So that's how I got into it. That's kind of what got me started. And then a friend of mine who owns a marketing company actually did a 30-day reels challenge. And that's actually what got me started in my reels. Awesome. How long ago was this? Just over a year ago. Okay. Wow. So it has been a, a very short time that you've had tremendous success. What was it that drew you to start using video? You know, why did you have that thought in your back in the back of your head I should do this? Honestly, like when it started off, it was just something to add with a post, something different. I've listened to a lot of entrepreneurial podcasts and things like that over the years and so I just knew that video was something good to do. For me, it's a lot easier than typing a huge long post out. It's just not my preferred method. So video was an easy way to take care of that. So what was it that put that thought in the back of your head that you should start using video? To be honest, I don't like typing a bunch of stuff out. So video is just an easier way for me to get that message across and what my thoughts and opinions were. And so that's kind of what started it. And then reels were an easy one for me just because... I liked reels myself. And so I had always had ideas as I was watching them. I thought, hmm, I could probably do something with that. So you said that first video was about the top 10 Hondas that you like. How did that perform? You know, that was on Facebook. And honestly, I don't think it performed very well. It took me probably, I think like the first three to six months, like none of my reels or videos got over a thousand views. So they were all well under a thousand. I actually went back before this podcast and my very first reel only had 222 views still to this day. That's something that I think a lot of people need to learn. You know, they'll do something once and then they stop because it didn't perform that well, but it almost never does in the beginning. So good on you for, for keeping with it. But speaking of performance, sure. what is the video that you've created that has had the highest performance? Uh, I have one that has 37 million views right now. Wow. At least the last time I checked it, it had 37. I haven't checked it in a while. Kind of get to that point where you can't keep up. I try to stay consistent now and I'll usually post at least one a day as my goal, but I'll try to do two reels a day if I can. So 
and then obviously my stories and normal posts in between there. You got to send us that one that had 37 million because people are going to want to know what that is. Of course, they can go find it, but we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, that's what I want to know now. What, what was that video about? It was actually me using a uh, heat induction tool. I've watched that video. Yep. And so it's uh, Steve Jobs talking in the background. It's just an audio and something about that video. I don't know. It clicked because it also has, I think, like 12 or... I think it's got like 12 million views on YouTube as well. So everywhere I post that video, it does extremely well. Not sure what it is, but people like listening to Steve Jobs and watching somebody use a heat inductor. Wouldn't it be great to know? Like people ask us all the time, like, what's the magic thing with this? And you're like, I really don't know what caused that video. If I did, every other video would have the same number of views. One thing I've noticed is like certain videos or reels that you do... Some convert followers and some don't. Like even that 37 million view video hardly converted me any followers whatsoever. It's got a ton of plays, reached a ton of accounts, but hardly hardly converted any followers for me. So that's a good point. I was just thinking, you know, when I saw that video the first time, I was thinking about how grateful I was that I spent my life working on cars in the South because I have never had to use any kind of heat to remove a bolt. And I hear about oh y'all gosh. doing it. I visited Kevin Eckler, Eckler's shop up in uh, New York and watching what they were working on. And it was like, thank God that I got to work in the South. It gets pretty bad. Like anytime I watch South Main Auto, Eric O, I mean, they got it even way worse than we do here in Ohio. And they're not that far from us, but it's bad up there, real bad. Uh, we're going to come back to South Main Auto because I want to get you know your thoughts on that. But you have grown quite a following, 50,000 on YouTube, 38,000 on Instagram, 26,000 on TikTok, and you've done this in a year. How did you do this? Primarily all through shorts and reels, uh, all short form video. I mean, I do long form now, but at that time it was all short form videos. This was when I started, they actually had like, I think it was IGTV is what it was called, which now they don't have that. It's all reels, quote unquote. But yeah, so I did have some IGTV stuff back then, but now it's just all reels is what I post short form on YouTube and TikToks. You know, we reference this book all the time. Well, I mean, some people might see this is that they ask you answer, right? What are your customers asking? And that helps you develop your content. But like tomorrow, you're going to wake up and your plan is to do at least one. What what makes you decide what is going to be in that video? What the content is going to be? How are you deciding what the sound is going to be? What's your decision-making process behind that? So now I've got quite a system down to where I will scroll and save a bunch of audios that I like. And right now it's different because the algorithm has changed. So Instagram's only pushing trending audios. They're only pushing their own audios. Even now, if you download a video from Instagram, they take the audio off the video. I hate it. Yes. It's changed the way I've had to do things now. So I save a bunch of audios that I like, and then I just record throughout the week of what I'm doing. Either it's working on a car, or if I'm doing something that I know is a common problem or a question that people ask, and I'll record that on my phone and save it, and then I'll end up pairing them later. Or if it's something where I'm talking, I just record those as I'm doing them when I have time. Obviously, because I'm a just one-person shop owner, just sometimes I do have time and sometimes I don't. So it, it really just depends. Most of the videos that I see you doing, you're showcasing tools or that shop life, um, 
Who is your intended audience? When I started doing reels and as they started progressing, I have always loved doing watching tool reviews of other content creators. And so I've watched those for years now because I'm one of those people I go full bore in. And once I figure out a tool or something that I want to do, I want to learn and know everything I can about it. So I'll watch watch reviews, walkthroughs, all that stuff, spend hours researching it, and then I'll finally pull the trigger. And so I thought one day, I'm like, well, if they can do it, why can't I? And so I started just doing more tool videos and shop-related videos, because obviously that's where I'm at. And I started having companies reach out to me to want to send me their products to review on the page. And that's kind of how the ball got rolling on doing a lot of the tool videos. I'm guessing it's a lot of technicians that are probably watching your videos. Technicians, shop owners, and DIYers. That can be a a tough audience. Do you deal a lot with haters? I would say tough audience is an understatement. (laughs) And to be quite honest, yes, I deal with uh, lots and lots of haters. Uh, We were talking about this. I've gotten several negative reviews from social media, which is quite interesting. These are negative reviews for your shop, for your auto repair shop. Correct. Yes. They'll go on. They'll find my automotive repair shop on Google, and then they'll leave me a bad review from my social media page. Wow. People have lots of extra time on their hands and nothing better to do. But, you know, they always turn out to be goofy or silly. And at the end of the day, like you guys always say, it's it's about the response. And so that's, that's what I do. I just respond professionally on there and I report them and I've gotten quite a few removed, which is nice. I, I mean, I think even the Google robot. Yeah. However, it figures it out. Like if that person's in another country or another state or something, you reported enough, they realize, oh, well, this person's not even in this state, so we should probably remove it. But all of your channels are branded as Enright Auto. Looking back on that, is that the right thing to do with your audience being technicians, you know, rather than the clients of your auto repair shop? Was that the right thing to do to brand them as Enright Auto? I think so, because I'm slowly starting to add in more shop-related and consumer-type content. And so it is not just about tools now because it's funny, it naturally morphed into this kind of community as I built my page and my following and my subscribers. And so now people message me all the time, you know, asking me, Hey, I want to start my own shop. Do you have any advice? Or, Hey, you know, I started my own shop and you talked about this. What do you think? And so now people are asking advice about that stuff. And then people are always asking about specific issues with Hondas because I specialize in Hondas and have for a really long time. So I think so. It does have a negative side, but to be quite honest, what doesn't have a negative side? You either do video and don't get a following and don't bring business in, or you do it, you get a following, but you get the negative side of it. There's always a pro and con to anything that you're doing. So Chris, with you saying all of that, it's got me wondering with one of the top issues in the industry being technician recruitment, have you had techs reaching out to you saying, hey, are you hiring? Lots and lots of them. Now, I will say I probably get probably four or five a week, but I will say a lot of them are in other countries. Probably half or more are people from other countries. But I still do get legitimate texts reaching out. I actually just did a discussion in a mastermind group with another content creator who's much bigger than I am. And that's one thing we talked about was culture, work culture and shop culture and being that when you do video, people can see how you operate and how you run your business and how your shop culture is. 
and it will attract other technicians from other places to you. So I think that's a huge benefit for sure. I love talking about sponsors of the podcast who have already worked with and who have used before. So today I'm super excited to talk to you about RepairPal, which if you didn't know, will introduce your shop to new customers through RepairPal.com, the largest site for auto repair, and through the recommendation of their partners like USAA, CarMax, and Consumer Reports. Our shop was in RepairPal certified network, and it was great for getting new customers who were looking for more than just oil changes. The average RepairPal customer spends over $600 on their first visit. I loved it, especially because we all know that consumers still mistrust repair shops. But the millions of customers that visit RepairPal.com monthly, they trust RepairPal certified shops for their high quality and great service. And there's no fear about being overcharged. So we were able to just focus on the repair. I highly recommend you check them out. It's the way to grow your business. Go to RepairPal.com forward slash shops, get one month of service free, and save $150 off certification. So you talked about how you're starting to do some more consumer-focused video for people who could possibly be clients of your auto repair shop. You know, as I've watched your channel, I've always made the assumption that your YouTube and Instagram and, and TikTok were actually like businesses of their own. What was your intention and has your intention been what has actually happened as far as your videos? Was it to grow your auto repair business or was it to grow these channels into businesses of their own? It started out to grow my business. And then as I started doing the reels and they started gaining popularity and then I started working with tool companies, it's now grown into its own business. So I do make YouTube ad revenue. And so now I'm growing that intentionally to grow those pages as additional revenue income as well, while also adding in the shop-related and customer-consumer, whatever you want to say, uh, related content in there. I just sprinkle that in with the other stuff and just try to answer commonly asked questions and all of those type things that consumers would ask. So have you seen an impact on your business from doing those videos? Yes. as The main thing is what you guys preach all the time is the know, like, and trust people will tell me all the time that they watch my reels and they they laugh at them. So I, I don't know quite how many actual consumers versus technicians follow me. I don't know those specific stats, but I get people telling me that all the time. Current clients, new clients, people that referred to me and found me from there, I get those comments. Oh yeah, I was watching your videos and they were so funny and they always make me laugh. And I think that has a huge effect. And I think it also helps customer retention. And because I talk so much about shop and the shop and how I operate it and what I believe and my morals and values, I think that really helps as well for customer attention. So what's the time investment that you have to put into creating these videos? Well, just like anything else, you only get out what you put in. And so I put in a lot of time. I dedicate a ton of time. But as I had mentioned earlier, I'm usually an all or nothing type of person. And so my personality type is once I start something new, in my mind, I won't stop until I quote unquote conquer it and figure out and learn everything that I can. I have that kind of obsessive personality. But right now, so like what I tell people is starting off, you can dedicate a couple hours a week. It's really not that much. In the beginning, I didn't dedicate a ton of time. Honestly, the most of the time that I dedicated was scrolling and finding ideas. And because when I do like the industry related reels, like 
trying to think of like an easy example, but if it's something like where it's like a dealership experience or shop experience or the tech life or whatever it is, I'm taking that idea from someone else and using it for my own and, and making it where it fits in with our industry. And so that was the most of the time that I spent was scrolling and finding something that I'm like, oh, I like that idea. And then recording the video doesn't take very long. In the beginning, it takes a little bit longer, but now I can record one in a couple minutes, have it loaded and typed up and everything less than 10 minutes. It doesn't take very long. So does it take you longer to do the short form video or the long form video? Long form for sure. That's only because I don't edit. If I edit it, it'd probably take me even longer. But oh, that's what I was going to say earlier is now what I do is most of the time when I'm recording content, I'll record it on the weekends or in the morning. So my shop doesn't open till 830. I'll come out to the shop at 7 a.m. I'll record what I can first thing in the morning. I'll save them as drafts or just save the videos. And then I'll put them all together. And then I schedule my reels now. I don't. So I just schedule them throughout the weeks as much as you are excited and really happy about the content you made. You cannot post it all at once because the videos will absolutely bomb. You have to space them out. You have to be strategic in the way you post them if you want the best return, at least. If anyone has listened to this podcast much at all, they they know that we push doing video, that we're big on doing video. And it's so often that we hear shop owners when we're teaching or, you know, at the conferences or whatever, and they're like, I know I need to be doing video, just hadn't gotten to it. You're obviously passionate about video. What are you what are you telling other shop owners about this? I read your blog post about this. And I was laughing because everybody that I talk to about video is the same thing. I, they say they want to do it, but then you never see any video from them. And what I tell them is just record something, whether you like it or not. None of us like the way we look, pretty much. None of us like the way our voice sounds. All of that stuff you just get used to. Now I don't care. Now I do goofy stuff and I could care less. I make mistakes constantly on video and it is what it is. I just laugh at it. You do eventually just get used to it. The best advice I've been giving people is find something that you already enjoy doing or talking about and start with that because then at least you're enjoying what you're doing and the video is just kind of second nature. And so you'll get over the kind of nervousness and annoyance of hearing your voice. So... I am the king of overcomplicating things. I love to overcomplicate things. I don't know why it is. I'm talking to Kim right now about possibly building a dedicated video studio, like a pretty large building with green screen set up and all that. I mean, if you could see the studio I'm sitting in right now, our podcast studio, which I'm not using it today because we're, we're remote, you know, three cameras and all these screens and all of this stuff. But I'm curious because I'm pretty sure I've heard you answer this question before. I don't think I'm mixing this up, but like, what do you use for your equipment to do these videos? I only have an iPhone as far as video. That's the only thing I record on. I love it. When I first started doing video, I actually had, I don't even know what they're called, but it's the tripods with the bendy legs and it's like the real short ones. And I would wrap that around a post jack and I would just roll the post jack around the shop and that's how I record it. And I just would slide it up and slide it down depending on how I was recording. You don't need anything fancy whatsoever at all. Now, I will say I've bought a wireless mic now. So I have a Rhodes Go wireless mic because people will watch bad quality video, but they won't listen to bad audio. And uh, so that does help a lot. And then I have a like decent tripod that I paid like $60 for. And that's it. That's all I use. 
Nothing fancy. We're sitting on the porch yesterday. Here comes, you know how you've heard that there are those signs or flags or things that's like a note to the UPS driver, put this around the side of the house so my husband doesn't see. We need the reverse of that. Literally, the UPS driver comes up yesterday with I don't even know how many packages. And Brian sits there and he he holds up, hey, look at this. I'm like, what is that now? Like, I feel like we need a committee or something to help him make decisions. I'm all or nothing too, so I totally get it. Although I, I haven't done all or nothing on the video stuff. David told me that a long time ago. He's like, don't go crazy. He's like, just buy the bare minimum. So that's what I've done. It's actually so much easier for you since you have these two devices than it is when you start, you know, getting multi-angle cameras and, you know, all of the different audio equipment and everything because all of that stuff takes setup time. And especially for the shop owners, I recommend the same thing. I tell them they have a TV studio in their pocket. Get a wireless mic if you want to have good audio, which you need to have good audio. But other than that, your cell phone is all that you need. And I mean, you're the following that you're growing, you know, with a, with a cell phone and so many of the other YouTubers that are out there are the same. They're like me, you know, they go out there and they buy 20 grand worth of, I, I did not say 20 grand as in I spent that Kim. And actually it's a pretty low number for a lot of the YouTubers out there. I wonder if rum would taste good in this protein drink. <laughs> It can get expensive and you're 100% right. I have several friends who have had YouTube channels for as long or longer than me. They are still growing fantastically, but I don't quite know what's different about my content. I always tell people that what you see with me is what you get. I'm no different on camera than off camera. Um, We help with the youth at our church and they asked my wife one time, they're like, what's Chris like when we're not around? She said, what do you mean? They're like, well, what's he act like? And they're like, She said, what you see is what you get. He doesn't change. He's the same all the time. And so I don't know if that's what it is. I'm very authentic and very transparent and honest. Um, I've done plenty of videos where I've made mistakes. And I don't know. I just try to be as transparent and humanly authentic as possible. So I don't know. There's, There's just several reasons why I think it's done well. But You were talking earlier about using the right sound clips and all of these things. So... I mean, you are obviously hacking the algorithm a little bit. You're learning how it works and doing the things that it wants. So talk about that some. What are some of the things that the various platforms are looking for that are allowing your videos to perform better than someone who would not know these things? Okay, so, well, the part of this issue is because it does change a lot, as you all know. So I actually follow several accounts that pay attention to what's going on with the platforms. And so anytime that it changes, they'll post like, hey, the algorithm changed. This is what Instagram wants or likes. So Instagram used to push carousel. Now they're not pushing carousel. Now they're pushing more reels. They were pushing other videos. Now they're only pushing their audio and their own trending audio. And they don't want you using third-party apps like CapCut. They want you to edit it in the app. So there's a lot of those things. TikTok is kind of a weird animal. So it's the lowest because I started it like, I think four to six months after I started everything else. So, and I've had a quite a hard time figuring it out, but I finally got a handle on it. And you can do TikTok a couple ways. Controversy always does really well on TikTok, which controversy is not my area of expertise. It's not something I like. I prefer to be lighthearted and positive. On TikTok, people 
at least in our industry that I found like the conversations, they like the talking, they like watching what you're doing in the shop. And funnily enough, it seems like just the standard videos where you're walking around with your phone recording seem to do really well. And people like that kind of stuff. I don't know if it's because they feel like they're in the shop with you or who knows what, but they don't care about that stuff. So that seems to do really well on TikTok as, as well. So YouTube is hit and miss. I don't quite know YouTube yet. I've heard content creators talk before about how they put a video up and it didn't perform well. So they took it down and put it right back up and then it performed. Do you have experience with that? I have done that. I've also changed uh, descriptions. I've changed captions. I have changed thumbnails on YouTube, which made a huge difference on several of my videos. So that does come into play as well. I think that thumbnails come way come into play more on YouTube than they do anywhere else. But yeah, absolutely. Time of day does make a difference. And when we talk about this stuff, it can start to scare people away. I always say in the beginning, just post. Don't pay attention when you're posting. Don't pay attention to what it, like it doesn't have to be professional. Again, my first couple videos got a couple hundred views. Actually, my first lots of videos only got a couple hundred views. So just get started. That's my recommendation to people. Well, I've heard you say post, play around with it, right? Take it down, change this and have patience. That's a big takeaway that I'm, I'm getting from you. I'm curious. I do very little with YouTube. Brian plays around with that a lot more than I do. And I know that when you upload something to YouTube, it will pull thumbnails for you or you can custom upload your own thumbnail. Have you found that using one of the ones that YouTube pulls performs better than your own custom? Custom, always, 100%. It is like the attention grabber because you're trying to pull new subscribers. It's a suggested video. And as you're scrolling through your feed, you see that thumbnail and it's what grabs your attention. It's what grabs mine when I'm searching myself if it's a because it, it'll suggest channels that I'm not subscribed to. This is obviously it's a, the auto repair marketing podcast. Most of the people who are listening to this auto repair shop owners or managers. What is the type of content that you think works best for driving new clients into an auto repair shop? There are several things that people are always willing to watch and look at, I feel like, at least in the automotive repair. They don't like like the standard, I always call them like the cookie cutter. They're posts normally where it's like, oh, get your winter checkup and stuff like that. People don't like that stuff. They want like behind the scenes stuff. They love interview style. So where the shop owner or a service advisor or someone is interviewing one of the techs or vice versa, they're interviewing one of the advisors. They love hearing their opinions. There's a channel that I, a shop I follow on TikTok and they have it down. I think they have like 150,000 followers now and their videos are fantastic and they're always interview style. They'll actually walk people through diags, which is very impressive on TikTok. They want to see what's going on in the shop. They want to feel like they're there. They want to know that kind of stuff. And then you could still sprinkle in like the commonly asked questions. I actually, funnily enough, other content creator that I did a video with, or I mean a discussion with the other day, is using ChatGPT. And so I used that for the first time yesterday and I looked up the top 10 most common questions about Hondas. And so I'm going to try start using that as well. So that's something people can use. I'm not, I don't know anything about chat GPT. It's not my realm. So you're going to get Brian off on a tangent. Don't get me started on AI. It is a tool. I'm not a fan, but 
if it'll work and it can give me some fresh ideas. And I don't know what people are asking the most common questions about Honda. So I'm giving it a shot and we'll see if it works. But yeah, they just want you to be real and authentic. They don't want you to sell them something. They just want to know what's going on. They want to see what you're doing. I would recommend you clean your shop. Just throwing that out there. I don't understand why. I've seen some videos. But don't use that as a crutch not to do video. Your shop, it is a shop. It doesn't need to look like a laboratory. Yes, correct. It can look like a shop, but it should not look like Mm -hmm. a garbage dump. Rat's nest. Yes, that would be my recommendation. At least throw some of the extra parts away in the boxes and stuff. My shop is far from clean. Like it's it's got dirty floors and I, I do clean them and stuff, but I keep it organized. That's my main goal. And I've had comments in several of my videos like, hey, that's a really organized shop. Sweet, thanks. Like to me, it's not clean, but I just recently looked at a shop that was for sale and I get compliments all the time from all the parts delivery people. They're like, your shop's really clean. And I'm like, I don't feel like my shop is clean. But then I went and looked at this shop. I'm like, okay, now I understand why they say my shop is clean. So organized for sure. That's a big deal, but it doesn't, my shop is far from clean. My walls are two-toned. If anybody watches the video, I painted the bottom white and I still haven't finished the top. Like we're not talking sparkly. My floors still have grease and oil on them. Well, I don't think people are expecting to eat lunch off the floors there, you know, and that's a huge difference between clean and organized. I think sometimes people will say, oh, it's very clean in here, but they mean it's really organized. Our son is an organizational fanatic, but he is not necessarily the cleanest. So I totally get what you're saying, but organized, I mean, I can't imagine, but to think that customers are look, you know, I mean, if I'm bringing my car in there, and you're taking stuff apart, like little parts, pieces, nuts, bolts, screws, whatever. And I see that your shop is a hot mess. I'm like, oh my gosh, he doesn't have a system for how he's putting these parts back on. So that is a great tip to share. Like, I mean, you're, we've, we've talked to people before where honestly, if you saw my desk right now, it's kind of a mess. Normally it's very, very clean and organized, but that, I mean, it's, the perception that you're putting out there to people about the, how you do things. So I think that's that's a big thing that people need to think about when they're doing videos. It does make a difference for sure. You mentioned this TikTok channel that's doing a, a great job. And I know our listeners are going to wonder who it is. What Do you know the name of that channel? Yeah, R- Royalty Auto Service. I got rid of my TikTok, but I think you might have been the one told me. I remember following them. Yeah, I think I posted it in one of the Facebook groups or something just because I've just always been really impressed with what they've done and what they do as far as their TikToks. They do a really, really good job at it. You also mentioned uh, South Main Auto LLC. And I've talked about this in the in the blog that I recently wrote. It was probably a year ago. I saw a Facebook post from him and he said something. I don't even remember what he said, but it was a very simple post, something that the majority of auto repair shops, if they had made that post, they might have gotten three comments on it. And he had like 600 comments. What is happening here? And that's when I went to his page and it led me to his YouTube channel. And the YouTube channel is where I was just blown away. These videos where it's like a docu-series of everything that's happening in his shop. And he takes you along through the entire process of the repair and how he's getting the parts and the diagnostic process and, and all of this stuff. And I personally love that. The channel that I watch the most right now is um, the guy in not, Utah with the tow, tow truck. Mater. Yeah, Tow Mater. 
No, not Toe Mater. No. It's Toe, I can't think of it, but it's, it's Rory who owns a off-road recovery company in, um, in Moab, Utah. And he, he's got this four by four wrecker that it goes way off on the trail and they do repairs out on the trail. Sometimes if it's too bad, they drag the vehicle back and they're, I don't know. It just, it's a cool channel and it's the same thing. It takes you through the entire process. It's not just trail mater, trail mater. That's it. So it's, it's not just, I just looked it up. the, here was the problem. Here was the fix. It, it lets you into their lives and the South main auto. You obviously know who they are as well with Eric. I don't know who Eric is. I've never met Eric. I would love to get connected to him and have him on this podcast sometime. But you know, tell me your thoughts about that and the way that, that he's doing things. I've been following him for, I honestly don't know how long, extremely long time. For some reason, I'm a weirdo and I like working on cars all day long. And then at nighttime when I'm laying in bed, I'll watch more car repair videos. <laughs> so him and Scanner Danner, I've been subscribed to for years. And I love his videos. Like, it's, like you said, it's kind of like car repair, but it's also vlog style. And he's got this great way. He's hilarious. Like some of his little just mannerisms and things he says are awesome. And he's created such a strong community that people know. And so like every time he brings out like pretty sure it was WD-40 or something, he always has something he says every time he brings it out. He always says things like, what in the thunder? And like just that goofy stuff. Like he just does a fantastic job. I suspect that his YouTube channel supports his shop would be my suspicion. Just seeing the little tiny bit of dabbling in YouTube ad revenue that I've been in, I can only imagine what he's doing on YouTube. So that would be my suspicion. All right. So you mean just the opposite. You think his shop supports the YouTube channel, right? Yes, that's what I mean. Yes. Sorry. I mean, he's got a million subscribers. Is that what he's at now? If he's not there, he's right there bumping on it. It's yeah, South Main Auto LLC. I think he was at like 300,000 or something when I start, started following him. And it's impressive. But like I said, he does a really good job. Like he's just one of those people. I feel like, you know, he's just real likable and just does a fantastic job with the videos. Vlog style. And you could tell he does like it. He makes it entertaining. Yeah, very much so. And I know that I'm one of those people that I watch way more YouTube now than television. Like YouTube has replaced television for me. And it is that it's it's watching real people in their real lives doing real things that I love. All right. So we could talk about this all day. Where do you see video going in the future? As things progress, I see it becoming more and more prevalent. I mean, you can see that now with like your streaming channels and stuff where those a lot of those companies are losing customers left and right because you can go on YouTube and watch it for free, go on TikTok and watch it for free. Shorts is huge because, you know, everybody gets that dopamine hit for their quick 60 seconds or whatever. So it's definitely going to be here to stay for a while. Is there anything that we have not asked you that we should have? One thing I would say, I don't know if it's a question, but I think people, like you said earlier in like, they don't get instant gratification. It's going to take time for sure. Like that's something I always remind people of. Consistency is key keep posting like I've seen people randomly have success like within a couple months and other people it takes a really long time which is why I encourage people to do something that they love if for some apparent reason and I don't know why even with like regular 
clientele, Diag videos and weird, interesting problems on cars do really, really good with a broad spectrum of people. And if you're great at Diag, you have such a advantage in that. Also, if you're a female in this industry, you have even more of an advantage. I follow a girl on Instagram and she doesn't post that much at all. She's really good content and she always, it's like very, very simple stuff. And she has over 100,000 followers on Instagram. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. And it's not the normal female content that you see in the automotive industry. Yeah. Where it's basically the other stuff is just the sex sells. Some hot girl wearing a low cut shirt and doing something automotive related and it gets millions of views. Millions of views, hundreds of thousands of followers and subscribers absolutely every single time. So that page is not like it. It's one of the only, I mean, there's several out there. I follow a few of them that are like that. They're just females working in the industry and they all do fantastic. Every single one of them. As it should be. That's awesome. I promise you Kim is going to be looking her up and trying to get her on the podcast. Well, he didn't say her name. So I don't know if he remembers it, I didn't want to put him on the spot. I was going to message him and say, <laughs> I am already. It's Knucklebuster Nikita. Knucklebuster Nikita? Yep. That's a great name. Here's the last thing I'm going to say. One thing I love about you, Chris, is that in this industry, in 2023, there are still shop owners stuck in the old mindset of competition, right? What you are doing is encouraging other shop owners you know, we've asked you questions that's like your own secret, how you're doing this or how you're doing that. You're really, you are, as you said earlier, an open book, transparent. And I love that you are helping other shops in this industry to put their foot in the shallow end of the pool or jump in the deep end. Either way, you're giving people the information that they need to start doing this. And I think that it's very smart of you and also quite generous. So on behalf of all the shop owners that are listening, I want to say thank you. Well, I appreciate that. I truly believe uh, rising tides raise all ships. And this has been one of my mantras here recently. I went to a training event and they interviewed techs and shop owners. And it, it was really interesting to hear both perspectives. But there is a lot of negative content out there revolving around the automotive industry. Unfortunately, it's a lot of mechanics making that content. And so my encouragement to shop owners and their employees or mechanics out there, anybody listening to this, is we need more positive content. There's too much negativity. People have already a perception about our industry. We're unprofessional. We're dirty. We're slobs. We're whatever. We're ripping them off. This content, the negative content, kind of confirms some of that in certain areas. But that is not the way our industry is. That's not the way the majority is. And so we can give them a different perspective and show them what a professional shop looks like. And that's why I like doing this. I like the positive. I like the lighthearted stuff. I just think it. people like to see that stuff and I think it brightens up people's days. I hope anyways. That's and, an and incredible that charge. I love it. Is going to become real. Sweet. Well, seriously, though, thank you for being on uh, the podcast today. We've really enjoyed it. You have provided a lot of value to our listeners. To y'all who are listening, if you are enjoying these episodes, please like, subscribe, follow, whatever it's called on your favorite listening app. Hit that button. 
Uh, remember, you can find some other great podcasts on the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hope that you will join us again next week. And until then, go fill those bays. You've been listening to the Auto Repair Marketing Podcast with Kim and Brian Walker. Follow the podcast on your favorite listening app. Find their emails in the show notes and visit them at shopmarketingpros.com. Let Kim and Brian know what you want discussed because they're all about advancing the aftermarket.